Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. The Parkinson Spiegel Show. Well, it's been quite, quite a week, week. <laughs> you know. I'm Lynn Bramer, your best friend in the whole world. Whole world. Pizza Friday is uh, a day of holy obligation. Holy obligation. Oh, uh-huh. you have no idea. Every Friday is Pizza Friday. To mozzarella, mozzarella, and a really zesty tomato sauce. Tomato sauce. Our kids go crazy over Pizza Friday. It's kind of the end of the week for them because they've been in school. Their weekend's getting ready to start. There's a lot of bad info out there about <laughs> Pizza Friday. Don't disrespect the pizza parlor. The only topping on a pizza on Pizza Friday that I will not abide is pineapple. I have no problem with people who want to put pine. Don't get crazy on me. Did anyone order me a plain cheese? All right, I'll let you settle the debate. New York. Thin crust, deep dish Chicago. Where are you going? Where are you going? You said neither. Detroit style pizza is the Most best. Definitely just pizza all day. I like Malnati's. Beggars, of course. Pizza and a bottle of Beaujolais. Well, get a Connie's pizza. Pisano's. Have the pizzas ready, buddy. First thing on the agenda is pizza. You know what the second thing on the agenda is? More, More pizza. pizza. I'm hungry. So you ordered a pizza. Number yeah. three, make sure we have enough tequila for margaritas at cocktail hour. Number four, more pizza. All right, I'm all in on Pizza Friday. I eat the pizza. All by myself. Nobody else eats. Eat the pizza. You know, we call today Feel Good Friday, so I'm trying to stick to that, you know? <laughs> I like it. I like it. The Parkinson Spiegel Show. Friday, baby. Afternoons on the score. Wow. I uh, never get tipped off on what the open is going to be from Chris Tannehill, but. Uh, a spiritual Pizza Friday open in honor of it still doesn't feel quite real. The late great Lynn Bramer, who was, did you guys say the the captain, the originator of Pizza Fridays? Because Pizza Friday started with you guys when we were all working from home. So would you the yeah, OG Lynn, Pizza Lynn, Friday? I don't know if Lynn started, but he certainly made it popular. Yeah, the, the Godfather of Pizza Friday. The Godfather <laughs> yeah, of Pizza Friday. Yeah, um, it was nice to uh, be able to have a little Pizza Friday. With uh, with the crew today. Thanks for paying for that, Speaks. Really appreciate yeah. it. Of course. We're Speaks. <laughs> Even when he's not here, he won't let me pick up a check. I want to know what percentage of our audience believes that, that I never pick up a check, because it's a disproportionate number. Yeah, you're a pretty generous guy. No, no, it's fine. It, it, it yeah, is. Yeah, Danny, we get it. You're very generous. No. Like, you pay for a lot of stuff. <laughs> no, right? no, no, no. I, I just, Speaks would have loved to have paid for that pizza today, and it was pizza. No big deal, but it was really nice. He would have ruined it somehow, though. He would have. He would put onions on there, right? He would. Have, he would have forced onions onto the pizza. 
<laughs> Are you saying like conversationally? What are you saying? <laughs> no, no, with the ingredients. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Onions and pineapple. Yeah. yeah. But what are you talking about? Yeah. Uh, no, it was it was it was nice to be able to do that, and um, you know maybe it's a tradition that'll stick. Who knows? Have pizza on Fridays. Twist our arm, why don't you? I know it's gonna be it's gonna be real hard to figure it out. Uh, we're gonna do a ton of football on today's show, and Speaks will be back on Monday, and we cannot wait to have this full show back together. Uh, at full strength, and it's going to be good. And we will have a Super Bowl matchup to talk about starting on Monday. And we're going to talk to Stacey King coming up at 2.40. So I don't want to take a ton of time here because I want to leave as much time as possible for, for me and Stacey, but mostly Stacey, to, to chop it up over what this Bulls thing is because that was rock bottom. They've had a lot of bad losses, right? The Washington loss was bad. The Atlanta loss was bad. Um, They've had collapses. They've had no-shows. They've already had, like, three players-only meetings that we know of. But they had a players-only meeting after the Indiana game, said the right things, said they were pissed, then came out in this game and blew another lead. Charlotte, (laughs) that team is so sorry. They've played 50 games this year and won 14 of them. Played 50, won 14 in the NBA. Like They are firmly going for Wembenyama. And the Bulls had their... That shooting performance, unbelievable. Like, it, 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 the whole thing was just so tough to watch. They are maddening. They are underperforming. Like Even the fact that they're a flawed roster, which they are. I thought Cody Westerland had a good piece on the Scores website today about that the ire should go to the front office. Uh, and that's – I don't think that absolves players, but the whole thing's not supposed to fall apart because Lonzo isn't there, even though I think Lonzo is very key and very good and very underrated and does – duct tape a lot of the problems in the roster but what's maddening is we've seen them beat Boston we've seen them beat Milwaukee we've seen them without Lonzo play high intensity consistent basketball with a commitment to effort on the defensive end of the floor and the ball moving on the offensive end of the floor we've seen it without Lonzo but then they just keep dropping these games to bad teams, and eventually the only conclusion you could draw is they're a bad team. And I know sometimes I think about this stuff a little more dispassionately uh, than many of you would like me to, and I am a Bulls fan. I still do have rooting interest in that team, but what I would say is this team isn't winning anything. They're not winning anything that matters. They're not winning anything that you would sell a hat to, sell a t-shirt to. They're not nothing. So once you reach that conclusion, your general manager's job is to get worse. It's to sell off assets, to acquire assets that can help you for the future, for the next team that is potentially capable of winning something that they sell hats and t-shirts for. That's the job. It's not the job of the fan. It's not the job of the player. It's not the job of the coach. Fan, you can watch or not watch if you think the product is worthy of your time. Coaches and players, they try to win every game. 
Front offices, their job is to be thinking from the 30,000-foot view at all times about the current team and about the future team. He assembled this team to win now. This team is not capable of winning now. So you have to dismantle the current team so that you've got a better shot to build a future team that can win sooner than later. So I would be looking to trade Vooch, no question. The reports out there about being able to get multiple first-round picks for Alex Caruso, Caruso honestly is the most professional player on the Bulls. So, and he's only 28 years old. So that one would hurt, but you got to trade something to get something. And he's not a point guard. And so a team that thinks they can win a championship in the next couple of years maybe would give you a couple of non-protected first-round picks. And those guys, those picks are going to be in the late 20s if you use them, but you can trade them and package them into other things. So if you told me you had to trade Caruso, fine. If you told me you had to trade DeMar DeRozan, fine. If you told me you were trading Kobe White, fine. The guys that I would not be trading, one, Zach Levine. Not because he's perfect, not because he's blameless, but because you're selling way too low. With Vooch, it's an expiring deal. With DeMar, he's old. With Zach, you might have to trade that contract, but you don't want to trade it yet. Move some of the other pieces out there. Let him go average 32 a night or something. Lead the league in scoring for a stretch of time. Then maybe you can sell more on in the offseason if you feel like you need to. But I wouldn't trade Zach Levine yet. And then the other guy I wouldn't trade is Patrick Williams. Free up some minutes. Make him know that he needs to be more aggressive and see if he can develop while playing. I would not be interested in... I I would be wanting to get more minutes for Io, even though you've got to make a contract decision on him this year. I'd be looking to get more minutes. Not that Dale and Terry seems ready at all, but I'd be looking to get minutes for Dale and Terry. I'd be looking to get a ton of minutes for Patrick Williams. And you have to make tough decisions because Lonzo is not walking through that door this year, but he might next year. And if next year you have Lonzo and Zach and a Patrick Williams who over the last 30 games, 40 games of this season, take some sort of leap, 30 games, you could reasonably have higher expectations for where he could be. But you're not bringing back Vooch. It doesn't fit. It doesn't work. And are you giving DeMar DeRozan another contract a year from now? Maybe. On a reduced rate, to be a scorer off the bench in a veteran presence, maybe. But if a team thinks that they want DeMar DeRozan's closing ability and ISO scoring and whatever leadership he would allegedly bring that we're not really seeing on this team right now, trade him. You got to be open for business. And even the guys that I said I wouldn't want to trade, if you got blown away on offers for him, you would trade them too. No one's untouchable. This team is, it's over. Over. Over and done with. So, I'll still watch because it's a glutton for punishment in football's ending. But they're not winning anything this year. Play way too much hero ball. Not enough consistent effort. Play down to their competition. It's just unlikable across the board. And it very clearly offends Stacey King's basketball sensibilities. 
We'll ask him about that and where he would go from here if he had the power next on The Score. The Parkinson Spiegel Show. Afternoons on The Score. This has been a lethargic effort. Listen, you got to come out and play with some energy. And if those guys are out there not playing with energy, you got to pull them out. When you step out on the court against the Charlotte Hornets, this is a team that, you know, that has struggled this year. They, they, they lost games coming in. And these are the teams that the Bulls have lost to every single time this year. But they can get up for Golden State. They can get up for Boston. They can get up for Atlanta. I don't know. Again, I, I just I hope that this team is not saying, hey, when we get Lonzo Ball back, we're going to be a different team. I, I think that discussion is out of the window. Yeah, uh, uh, he's not walking through that point. door anytime soon. Yep. I mean, you don't know when he's going to come back, if he's going to come back. And if that's what they're waiting on, like we know we get Lonzo back, we're a different team. It's going to take Lonzo a while 15, to get, 20 get, games I mean, to get think, into yeah. some kind of playing shape and playing condition. You can't worry about it if you got Lonzo. Great stuff as always with Stacey King and Adam Amin, that audio from NBC Sports Chicago. He also is the host of the hilarious and insightful Gimme the Hot Sauce podcast, which you can find on the Odyssey app and wherever you get your podcast. Stacey King with us on the Circa Resort and Casino Hotline. Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. Stacey, thanks for the time, man. That was ugly again last night, wasn't it? Yeah, it was very unfortunate. You know, it's uh, becoming a theme right now with this team, uh, you know, playing down to the level of competition. Uh, it's very frustrating, especially, you know, going into the second half of the season where every one of these games are going to be so important down the stretch. Why do you think they play down to their opponents? Um, I just think it's 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 a lack of focus. I, I think it's, um, you know, looking at a team – and, you know, thinking that, hey, you know what, they're missing this player, that player, or their record, and we're better than them, so we should just be able to show up and, uh, you know, win games. And, and they're not good enough to do that. Let's just be honest. It's, it's uh, you know, they're not good enough to do that. It's been proven this year. You know, they're losing to these types of teams, which is very frustrating because if you go back to last season, it was complete opposite. They would beat all the, the teams under 500 and then lose all – lose to the good teams this year they're beating all the good teams and losing to the teams under 500 if the issue is focus is that an issue of coaching um you know what i mean you could you could you could point a lot of different directions at the end of the day i always tell people this is like you know the coach billy donovan is a good coach you, you know he's not out there rebounding shooting um you know doing the things the players are expected to do these players get paid a lot of money to go out there and perform and they're not performing i think where you have to point you know you have to point to billy's direction is if those guys are not doing their job you got to pull them out if they're not coming out there with the energy that they need to start games um which we've seen you know sometimes they've gotten off to really slow starts in the first and third quarter which are two important parts of the game um you got to pull them out there's a lot of there's a lot of guys over there that are hungry you know if i'm gonna if i'm gonna lose i'm gonna lose the guys playing hard and uh i think that's where it falls on billy is to say, hey, look, if you're not ready to play tonight, come sit down next to me, and then I'll get somebody out out there who will. So who do you want to see more of? Well, I mean, Andre Drummond. I mean, they could have used him last night. You know, you could have, you could have, you know, I, I want to see the rookie, Dalen Terry, a little bit. I mean, this is the first-round pick. I mean, the kid comes out there, he competes, he plays hard. Um, you know, there's some things that he can do that can definitely help you. Um, you know, you're missing, you know, you're missing Javante Green's energy, which is, um, which is a big blow for the Bulls because this is a kid that comes out there and he plays like Russo. You know, they, they both, those guys lay it on the line. 
they dive it on the floor. They make you play hard. Um, but I, I definitely thought like Drummond should have played last night. I don't know what his situation was, why he didn't play. Um, and sometimes he's in and out of the lineup. And uh, that was a game last night that they had big guys out there. It wasn't like they had a small lineup for, for Charlotte uh, that he could have came in, especially against um, the kid from Duke, you know, so, um, you know, but again, you know, that's why they get paid the big bucks. <laughs> Stacy King with us from NBC Sports Chicago, the Give Me the Hot Sauce podcast. I said at the top of the show last night, I and mean, there have been a lot of bad losses. Um, that felt like the low point because after the Pacers loss, which was a bad loss, they at least seemed pissed. They said there was a players only meeting after the game. They said they had to, you know, eradicate it and fix it and all that stuff. And then they blew a lead and lost to a team by, what, 15 that only has 14 wins on the season? I, I thought last night was the low point of the season. Would you agree or disagree? Um, and I thought that Indiana was was really the worst loss. Um, you know, clearly in command, dominating, um, just having their way with it. a really good Indiana team. Even though they had came in struggling, you know, Indiana was in the playoff picture. Yeah. And they've been above the Bulls all season long. And to go out there and dominate and have such probably one of their best first halves that they've had all season – in complete control to come out in the you know second half and look like a totally different team and get dominated. That was to me that was the worst loss because I kind of expect because I've been watching this team you know all year long that there would be a letdown against you know the Hornets because that's been their mo is that they play down to the level of competition. So did I expect them to beat the Hornets? Yes, exactly. They had more talent. But would it have shocked me if they would have lost? Because I've seen it all year long. But that, that loss to Indiana was devastating because, you know, that was a team, you know, first of all, the Bulls were coming in with a little momentum. They're catching all the teams that are in front of them. They were only like four, four and a half games out of the sixth spot. So as you see, these games are important because now you're moving from being in a play-in situation to actually having a position in the playoff race. And you would think that would be the motivation enough for this team to come out the rest of the season and play with a sense of urgency, and, and it didn't happen. Yeah, if they would have won both those games, Indiana and Charlotte, they'd be sitting 500 right now. As it stands, they're 22 and 26, and the trade deadline is now less than two weeks away. What do you expect to happen? Well, I mean, like I said, I mean, you know, that's there's people to get paid a lot of money to making those decisions. Um, I, I just go by what I hear, what I read. Uh, it doesn't like they're gonna do anything, and um, you know, just you know, listening to you know from people in the front office saying that. I, I, you know, me personally, like, you know, it's it's tough because like there's no way in my, the way I look at it, you have three quality players in in Demar, Zach, and Vooch. Those are three you know, three all-star players. I know Vooch hasn't been on the all-star team since he's been in Chicago, but he was a, was a mainstay in Orlando. So you technically have three all-stars on your team and you should be much better than what your record is. I mean, last year, you know, the team almost won 50 games and you were encouraged by, you know, going that the step that they took to get to that point. And now season two, you expected them to be somewhere at least close or better because they've added Dragas, they added Drummond, so they improved their bench. So you expected a little bit more out of this team, and it's been a little bit disappointing. Um, but, you know, I always tell people, if you look at Boston last year, Boston in the first half of the season absolutely was terrible. You know, terrible team chemistry. You know, Jalen Brown and, and, and Jason Tatum had a hard time playing with one another. 
Um, not knowing who's the man, what role I'm supposed to play. They're going to trade Marcus Smart. The coach didn't, you know, we should, maybe we should fire the coach. And then all of a sudden, the second half, they were the hottest team, you know, in the NBA. And I kind of thought the Bulls were were really trending that way, you know, after that Minnesota game because it seemed like they figured it out. They had their team meeting, aired some things out, and they played that way. And then all of a sudden, you know, it started creeping its ugly head back the way they've been playing all season long. But enough of the talks, enough of the meetings, you know, it comes down to just getting out there doing it. Because, you know, you just get tired of hearing that, like, oh, we got a team meeting and we talked about this. And, you know, or they say, you know, they're disappointed in the way they play. And it's like, well, if you're disappointed in the way you play, just stop playing that way. <laughs> I mean, right. simple. You know, stop talking about it. I would prefer I would prefer not to hear about it. Just go out there and show me. So, you know, you mentioned the, the three big guys, right? V- Vooch and DeMar and Zach. I. My my read on it is, you know, Zach and Damar are ISO guys. Vooch is a great facilitator. They're all offensive first pieces, and it just feels like the puzzle pieces are not very complementary to each other. But they all would be in a better could could be in a better situation if they were in a different situation. But together, it just doesn't work. Is that a fair read, or why do you think it doesn't work? Well, I, I think it, it doesn't work because you don't have a point guard. Uh, it worked very well last year when you had Lonzo. Um, you know, Lonzo was a facilitator. Lonzo had the ball in his hands, getting everybody uh, more efficient shots, getting them in their offense, getting in their transition, uh, controlling pace. This was a huge blow losing Lonzo. You lose that piece because you go back to last year, you know, Zoe had the ball in his hands, bringing the ball up the floor, and also he was a 40-plus three-point shooter. Um, there wasn't a lot of isolation uh, basketball. Isolation started in the second half of the season because they had to make the adjustment because they had no replacement for Zoe. So then it, the ball was in Zach's hands a lot more. The ball was in DeMar's hands a lot more. So, therefore, you were in much more isolation. And if you go back to last year, that second half of the season, um, that didn't do well. I mean, we lost a lot of games going into the playoffs. You know, we kind of limped into the playoffs playing that way. And we've kind of gotten back to that. And having Zoe, people don't realize how important he is to this team. You know, this is a guy that it's like missing three people. You know, it's, he's, he's that kind of player. I mean, you hear he's got the respect of everybody in the league as one of the elite point guards in the, in the NBA. You know, he's six foot six. He rebounds. He defends. Um, you know, he makes your offense go. Uh, he doesn't have to look for shots. He runs the offense. He takes what the defense gives you, and he keeps everybody happy. And you just don't have that, you know, this year. You know, you got Io as the point guard. Um, his, I think his growth has been stunted because he defers to the older guys. Um, you know, the one thing I would have loved to see is that, you know, just put, you know, Goran Dragic out there and let him start the games because he's really a true point guard. And he's kind of like Zoe in a sense as far as controlling the tempo and getting the teams where they're supposed to be and getting guys easier shots. Um, but they've been trying to maintain his minutes and not give him a lot of minutes. But um, that's been a huge, huge uh, area of, of uh, this year, not having Zoe and not being able to, to you know, get stuff to compensate that loss. What, what, why is that such a diff- – it seems like such an obvious concept. Like, don't let the ball stick. Share the ball. Move the ball. Don't do the ISO stuff. And everyone will get their turns over the course of 48 minutes. And obvi- I agree completely. Like, that's what a great point guard does. That's what Lonzo helped with so much. But, like, DeMar's a smart guy. 
Zach's been playing basketball his whole life. But why is that such a difficult concept for, for the non-point guards to, to understand? Well, because then guys put it on their shoulders to do too much. It's like, well, I got I to gotta do this to help us win. I got to – and no one on this team is selfish by any means. They all get along. They all – you know, I'm around them every day. There's not a selfish person on this team. And so to the outsider who looks in, when you see iso ball, you think selfish play. But it's more so as guys trying to do too much. Guys saying, okay, you know, this team went on the 8-0 run. Now I got to take over and try to bring us back because that's what they relied on so much last year in the second half. If you remember, DeMar was like the king of the fourth. Yep. You know, anytime, anytime the Bulls, you know, were in trouble, he bailed them out in the fourth quarter with his play. And I think, you know, those guys do that. Now, just, you know, watching this team every day, uh, they're much better, in my opinion. I mean, like I said, I'm just sitting in the cheap seats, is when they run the ball through Vooch. And that's not just getting Vooch posting up and scoring. It's, you know, getting Vooch the ball where he can make plays for other people and be a facilitator because he's so unselfish when he gets the ball. Double teams comes, he makes the right decisions, you know, and he makes the right reads, and then guys get easier shots. Zach Levine is one of the best catch and shoot, and you look at his stats, go check his stats. He's one of the best catch and shoot shooters in the game, you know, but you look where he gets a lot of his shots. Everything's off one dribble, pull up, step back threes, really difficult contested jump shots put him in positions where he can come off screens turn catch and shoot like a clay thompson a steph curry when you when you're shooting almost 45 percent on catch and shoots like you would think that you would run a lot of those kind of plays for yeah. him. so there, there's ways there's ways you can you can change the way they're playing it's just you just got to do it you mentioned the cheap seats you were up high what was that yeah. what? charlotte's well, got to take better what? care of you <laughs> You know what? I mean, that's kind of where the league is going now, you know, with the, the seats, because they sell those seats where the announcers sit, you know, for $5,000 a seat in some cities. But um, Charlotte, to be honest with you, Charlotte's probably one of the best places that we sit high. I think we sit in like eight or nine cities where we sit high. Charlotte's probably the best one because we sit, we sit center court and we're not so super high up. The only thing about sitting up high is that you don't really get to hear – um, you know, what the coaches are saying, what the players are saying, what the officials are saying. That's why I like to be on the court because I can see and hear things that, you know, maybe the average fan can on TV and you know, it's coming, you know, what they're trying to get out of a certain situation, which you can, which I can explain or any other analyst can explain to the viewers, what's going to happen, what, what they're looking for on this particular play. How often do the coaches and players interact with you and like hear what you're saying? No, I don't interact with them at all. I mean, I mean, unless they're hearing me, you know, during their meetings when they're watching tape, um, I don't talk to, I don't talk to, um, you know, the players or or the coach during the game at all. You know, I got a job to do, and they got a job to do. So the last thing they want to do is hear me because <laughs> they might be mad at me sometimes. Well, that's what I'm saying. I'm just thinking like you're, you're, you're you know, in the in the United Center, you guys are right there. Like it would, it would seem impossible for them not to hear you and uh, and vice versa. Well, you got to remember, there's twenty thousand people screaming. So, yeah. I mean, unless they unless they got a Superman hearing ear, they're not going to hear me. They're going to be listening to twenty thousand other people. Um, you know, I think the at the end of the day, you know, um, you know, we got a job to do, both me and Adam. You know, and we're fair. We're fair to both teams. You know, we're not we're not we call the way we see it, and you know that's what makes us one of the you know one of the best you know guys out there. Um, and so if they're listening, they're probably listening during videotaping when they're going over tapes and stuff. And you got to remember, 
I'm coming from a a lot of different angles. You know, I'm not just coming as a player. You know, I actually coached for for five years. I was also I was head coach in the CBA. So I've got the coaching perspective. I got the players perspective. So, you know, I've got a lot of different, you know, angles to look at. So um, that's what, you know, kind of helps me in my, you know, being an analyst is that I have so many different views and I can, I know what the coach is thinking. I know what the players thinking and I can put it all together and be very informative to the viewers. Well, you guys do great work. And at this point you are the best part of watching Bulls basketball, Stacy. So, I appreciate that. Yeah, Thank man. Keep, yeah. Keep it up with uh, you and Adam Amin and the give me the hot sauce podcast is absolutely hilarious. I check. I've heard probably 30, 40 episodes at this point. It's great stuff, man. So oh, yeah, it's really, it's really, really entertaining. So th- thank you for the time and coming on the show, man. Really appreciate you. Appreciate it, brother. All right, there we go. That's Stacy King Bulls basketball. You can check him out. NBC sports, Chicago, the give me the hot sauce podcast. They, the guy's got the knowledge. He's got entertaining opinions. Normally, I'd like to just do stories and jokes with that guy, but this team is bad. Booty cheeks. They are bad right now. And it, it's like, even when they're up 10, you're like, oh, it'll be fine. It's not fine. Just doesn't ever seem to be fine. Want to talk Bears as it relates to Championship Sunday, but actually with some specifics especially with these teams in the NFC Championship game, the teams in theory the Bears would have to go through coming up on the score. Why? Why? If you have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum month payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them with more on the way. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future. In vehicles and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is Electrified Diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you. A hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyond zero. Toyota, let's go places.